Where did I park? Where did I park? Welcome to another journey in trying to find out where did I park. I'm your host, Chris, better known as CP, and I'm here to park some of my thoughts and feelings so I can clear my head and get my life together. So here goes nothing. Well, here ends another Black History Month. We've had highs, we had lows, but nevertheless, we press on. I hope you enjoyed my contributions on social. That's my last post for a while on that subject, but it definitely doesn't end just because the month ended. Shadowed beneath thy hand, may we forever stand. True to our God, true to our native land. Onward to spring. But as we get there, thank you for checking in with me last week. The wheels rolled on, and we had some fun out there on the rink. We're definitely going to go back, real soon. We definitely don't want to let those skills fade away. After all, they did just learn them. Also, as expected, My dad chimed in and provided me with the information that I asked. I learned to skate in the basement, and there were many falls, apparently. So, I guess they saved me from persecution and their own embarrassment publicly, but I still had them. I guess I should have done some more home trials. Does that make me a bad parent? Oh, well. Let's keep rolling. Alright, I try my best to live by the rule of things that you don't discuss at work. Race, religion, and politics. It's just easier. And looking different than others, it's usually a clear sign that though you might be similar in a lot of areas, these may be places that you differ. And you might not want to go in there. Because everyone can't handle those differences. And to be honest, we can't always understand others' differences either. Like bathroom etiquette. Why do guys flush the toilet while they're still peeing? Are you supposed to go raw toilet seat? Use paper? Use the pre-cut sheets? Or do you just squat? Or do you avoid the bathroom altogether and just save it till you get home? But why don't people wash their hands either? That's just nasty. And now look what's happened. We got a coronavirus. We can't even fly anywhere. We can't even take trips. People are dying. It's going coast to coast. It's affecting businesses and shipments everywhere, from Seattle to New York. It's all around us. This is like the zombie apocalypse. It's not good. We're getting rush vaccines coming. What is the world even coming to? What's the country going to do? Is it the apocalypse? Is it Judgment Day? Is it the Black Plague? No, it's something far worse than that. Something that affects everybody. Something that blissful ignorance won't save you from. Something that has long-lasting effects, much longer than the original cause and effect. What is it that I'm speaking of? The election, of course. I would hope that we all respect the pains and perils of the people before us that went through all this just so that we would have the right to be able to vote. So we should vote. I hope you did. That's the short and sweet version. I think. 
can't or won't tell you who you should vote for, or who you should have voted for by this time. Because quite frankly, I didn't know who in the hell I wanted to vote for for a long time. For one side of the aisle, I don't even think there's a vote. There's only one person running and he's already got the job. On the other side, the candidates have kind of been arranged like the NCAA tournament. Field of 68, playing games. Debate, 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 debate. Half of them gone. Sweet 16. Debate, debate, debate. Final four. Debate, debate. Now we had Super Tuesday. And I'll tell you what I'm most excited about concerning all the Super Tuesday stuff. The end of these advertisements. Good grief. Obviously, somebody's going to win, so they'll continue to advertise. But I'll be so excited to be done with like seven different groups calling me, texting me, emailing me, just being all over my commercials. Just a mess. I'm getting all these texts with the campaign. I see a lot of screenshots about people arguing back and forth or challenging automated responses or other voters or other uh, callers. I'm not doing that. Not me. I'm not entertaining any more of this foolishness than I already have to. And low key, I think my wife might have slipped some of these people my number too. Because I'm getting texts arranged to Stephanie and saying, hey, Stephanie, do this. And I don't get it. This better not be one of those cover-ups like when Pizza at a Chinese restaurant is randomly calling your phone. Just playing. I know you wouldn't do me like that. Right? I'll bear the burden for us, but I won't like it. Stop playing on my doggone phone, man. And Bloomberg, please get the hell out of all these commercials. Crazy what happened at the church in Selma. But I'm not surprised. And dang, Bernie. I guess when you march with King, you don't have to show up. Back for the remembrance anyway. Hope that didn't hurt you in the long run. Anyways, I say all this to say, pretty much everybody sucks. Politics suck. But I hope somebody sucks more effectively than the other. By the time this comes out, we'll actually know who wins on that side. So congrats to them. I hope you did your civic duty to take part in it. I get the arguments against why and why not. Well, I get it at least. I don't necessarily agree with not voting, but I get it. I will say that though. We're in an uphill battle with a lot of things in life. The deck can be stacked against us in other areas too, but we still go hard. We still go out swinging. We still make them work hard to take us out. So I won't bow down just because the game is rigged. I don't like it. But if I want to say anything or be anything or do anything, I'd better make sure my voice is included. So congrats to whoever won. I sound like Sister Mary Clarence, don't I? Better wake up and pay attention. But you haven't won anything yet. It's still an uphill battle, to say the least. So speaking of uphill battles, they changed our voting place. And they changed it hella late too. Early voting had already been active for like a week and a half. Then we just got a letter in the mail with some random explanation about what happened and why it needed to be changed. Redlining, they say. Time to do some more research and see how this rezoning affects us. It already affected us voting wise. It's not like it's super far away from the old place. It is definitely less convenient. There were a lot of people in there pissed off and I don't blame them. A lot of people in there going to the wrong location and getting the unfortunate information that they were in the wrong spot. And I heard that there were people at our old spot that were looking for the new spot too. 
It doesn't matter though. Still my civic duty, I still did it. And I always like bringing my card in there too, just in case they try to do some funny stuff. But now I need a new card because they changed my place. And I try not to be a jerk when they're in there finding my name on the sheet. But I can see it and I can see them keep skipping it over. You know, it's volunteers in there and they're not all spring chickens. And they might have some thick glasses and they might not be able to see it, even though it's a long name. Once you put my middle name and first name in full on there. So I'm just looking at it, shining and staring at me. But there they go. Keep skipping. And I'm just like, it's, it's right there. It's, it, it's right there. Just turn the page back. I, never mind. You can find it. I wonder if anyone else is trying to run games with this redlining stuff. Changed up things that we vote for locally. That's politics. Here's another thing. Maybe you guys can help me out with this. Is the fix in? I don't remember paper Scantron style ballots in like forever. At least they're not the booths of my parents' years. But I definitely have been spoiled by the touch screens and all the LCDs and all the LCD displays. My wife texted me and said she had to fill out the ballot by hand. And I'm like, dang, that's odd. But later in the day, she said that it might have been a regional or a state thing because she heard more and more people had to do that. And if that's true, what the hell? It's just waiting to be rigged or robbed or just poorly handled. Nevertheless, we persevered, we voted, and I felt good about it. I feel a great sigh of relief knowing that I don't have to fuss with very many more text messages and telemarketers too. I can always just tell them I voted and they'll be like, oh, thanks. Goodbye. But we're still going to get crazy ads and stuff. So even if it's just down to one, that's what it'll be. But what I really wanted to talk about today was the communication about voting. I had a friendly coworker ask me who I was voting for. And I had noticed that we had been thrown in a couple of conversations between others about who they were voting for a couple days ago. I slid out of that pretty smoothly before. But now, one-on-one, -on -one, there really wasn't any place I could go. I still somehow found a way to weasel around it this time. And I'm kind of glad I did because shortly after that, as soon as she started talking, a couple more people came in and provided their detail about their voting situation. And that's detail I didn't really care to get into, to be honest with you. I think my coworker was actually a bit upset that I didn't engage. But I've kind of learned over time not to engage. And why? So I've always heard or learned that the two things you don't talk about at work, even amongst strangers if you're not at work, are religion and politics. And over time, I've learned that race gets included in that because race is everywhere. But as you grow older, some of your mixed companies and yourself start to separate like ingredients and heat. Life experiences just do that. Maybe your upbringing takes over. Maybe life hits you differently than it does a friend. Maybe your interactions as kids were cute. But as you start to take on general messages or generational messages from your parents, things start to change. Or maybe you don't get into the University of Michigan and somebody else does. But purely coincidental that I brought that one up. Nothing ever happens over there, right? <laughs> but the general reasons are that you don't talk about these things because there's a high potential that you may not like the answers that you hear. Or they might not like the answers that you give. Could be immediate. Could be delayed. 
It could change your relationships professionally, personally, or both. And especially professionally, you don't want anything not business related or not value added to get in the way of what you're doing. But it can happen in multiple scenarios aside from race, religion, and politics. But for the day ones, remember in the episode I talked about the early work struggles? I had an HR person in one job and a manager in the next job be against everything body marking related. And well, you know, I got body marks. So all of our relationships changed upon learning about those. But honestly, I think some of that is my fault for being ignorant or at least not knowing uh, what I was against and what I was up to by their questioning. I thought it was all good and I was sorely mistaken. So I take that one on the chin, but still, you never know how people are gonna react. Even if you mean no harm, they might already have some type of fixed notion in their head that they're not willing to uh, shake just for your behalf, even if you have a smile. But aside from that, some of the choices can scar you. I'll never forget the day after the election in 2016. It was darn near a rally at work. People had been so hype up to the election. They were basically losing their cool the next day, like a party. You could tell they were hungover too. So many bumper stickers had come to life. So many declarations during public meetings leading up to it about what was going to happen in November and they couldn't wait. Like we were in a 401k meeting and people, (laughs) wait till November, everything's going to (laughs) change. You got the reps in there just trying to sell you on mutual funds and, you know, uh, retirement date funds and they're up there talking about, We can't wait for 2016. But I just kind of let people be who they were. After all, I'm just one person. I can't stop all that. But during that time, that day after especially, they would turn to me or make it a point to stop by my desk and talk junk like the team won the game the night before. Mind you, I had never publicized anything. They were simply assuming that I had rocked with the president in office before theirs. People were going out of their way to assume in order just to harass or get their rocks off. And we know what it means to assume. Unfortunately, some of that stuff was true. And that was a tough day for me. Much tougher than the staff meetings leading up to it, which would always be bookended by political discussions about how that president was nuts. There was always some loose tie into the business end that they would purposely say to pretend like it actually dealt with what we needed to talk about as a company. There was also this weird dynamic when The other black person in the room, who was well-seasoned, knew exactly how to deal with them. I don't know where they truly stood on some issues, but they were definitely more in with the in crowd than I was. So they could ask them questions like, Why do black people always talk during the movies? And questions like that. Now I'm not here to ride on somebody else's friendships or relationships. If you've got a close relationship with somebody and they're different than you, You can ask some questions that might come off a bit obtuse, but you can't then turn around and use the transitive property and be that obtuse with everybody that looks like that. I guess you have to test the waters in some cases, and it also makes things weird between the two different people in the room if somebody doesn't mind and the other is appalled. I definitely wasn't appalled, but I also wasn't particularly interested in entertaining. So when the group laughed it up and the question was thrown to me, I just shrugged and said, I don't know. I don't talk during movies myself. And I kept it moving. I guess it was enough of a message because things changed from there. I guess I appeared as antisocial in some aspects. 
but I'd rather be your version of antisocial than your version of fun. So either way is a loss to you, but at least I know who I am with one of those answers. Hell, I remember at this other job I used to have way back in the day, uh, before I moved to North Carolina, I remember going out with coworkers and they were like, man, you should have seen the boss after your interview. He was blown away. And he even had a meeting with us individually to see uh, how we would feel about bringing you on. And everybody's like, yeah, he's cool. He's cool. I liked him. And he's like, but he's black. Do you think that's okay? And it's not like he was upset that I was black. But he was certainly concerned. Now, I don't know if he was trying to look out for me or look out for them or just look out, period. But fortunately, everybody gave me the right answer. But it's just crazy to think that even on my best behavior, before you even know me or how I feel about something, I still come in there with a mark, a mark that could change the way things are operated. Now, I couldn't feel anybody change their their moods or anything around me. But you can just tell. I also thought it was interesting that they didn't really have any women in that office either. Not on our level. They had some like as secretaries and stuff like that. And apparently they had a girl in there once and it didn't go well. That's all they'd say about that. So I don't know what that means, but I'm glad I wasn't a part of that. Shame. Hate to say it, but I uh, took one on the stereotype for us too there. They took me out to eat and they asked what I like to eat. First thing I said was chicken. I still regret that. I should have said anything. I should have said I was vegan or tofu or something. Should have said something to just throw them off guard, but I, my dumbass was like, Chicken. And they just looked at me like, yeah, we know. Oh, well, you live and you learn. But since I'm down the rabbit hole already, I'm also recalling a job I had when I had just moved back to North Carolina. My office was right next to this lady who was a jerk to everybody. Oh, man, she was a jerk. She was a mess, too. She was always yelling at everybody, cussing people out, screaming at people. Always seemed like they were in a big rage. I used to really keep it light with her. Because I didn't think I was scared of her, per se. But I definitely didn't want those problems. One day, she's like, hey, Chris, you want to ride with me? Everybody's going out to this local restaurant for lunch. She had a decent car. Plus, I didn't want to act like a loner, so I was like, sure. I guess in hindsight, I could have offered to drive and then the whole team concept would have still been achieved. At any rate, we get in the car, just small talk, nothing big. We get to the restaurant, we eat our meal, no big deal, life goes on, learn a little bit about each other and then we move on. Nothing big. But on the way home, (laughs) the ride is eerily quiet and she's just driving slow. I'm like, am I about to get abducted or something? And at the stoplight, she leans in and she asked me if I'm voting for Obama. And I'm like, what? (laughs) What? And then also, I don't know, maybe. And then she's like, well, why are you voting for him? First of all, I didn't say yes. I just said, I don't know, maybe. But I guess that was enough for her to get her going. A small part of me was wondering if she was looking for a reason to. But after whatever noncommittal answer I gave after that, she just started going in on why she didn't like him and why she didn't vote for him. And she was looking for people to ask, but or really interrogate them on why they wanted to. Man, I looked out the window for the rest of the ride. Don't think I said a word to her after that for the rest of the day either. 
and never really had any more conversations with her except hi and bye. And we were right next to each other for months. Now, as far as religion is concerned, I can't say I've been a part of anything really bad, but that's only from my lens. I have seen others get criticized for their beliefs as if they were really religious, especially if they were part of the be fruitful and multiply tribe. They had like 10, 12 kids or one of those Duggars. But I think anyone with 10 kids is going to draw some conversation and they're going to draw some overtime because how the hell else are you supposed to feed all them kids? But I'm not putting a ridicule past anyone, really, especially if someone is part of a different faith or has different beliefs in practice, food, respect, traditions, prayer, rest. But I have seen a lot of friendships challenged over belief in God or belief in some type of higher power versus atheism. Just all the different type of things you can think of. And I get it. I think people can legitimately disagree or even argue. But when it changes friendships, that can get pretty serious. You should never be ashamed to serve or in some cases not serve and question your friendship over questioning your God. It's always a weird dynamic when somebody recruits challengers for beliefs in the name of healthy conversation. Seems about as healthy as a bacon cheeseburger on a donut. It does sound delicious though. Dang. Mm, I did it wrong. I hate being on a diet. Should have lived my life right better. Oh well. I will say this. You ever work with somebody from church or you know somebody from church or another sort of moral practice and then you see them in a different element like church guy versus work guy? You may get a real glimpse into why they pray so hard when you see them because people get on their everlasting nerves and they are a terror on the plant floor. Talk about a wake up call. That's one of those moments when your parents in that generation become your peers and your mentors. Life comes at you real fast then. And it'd be loud and full of words that they don't use during their prayers on Sunday. So we discuss what I believe are two or three things you historically probably shouldn't discuss in tight settings. And when I was asked about voting earlier, I felt like this was part of my non-conversation list. But my question to you today is, should it be? Is that a rule of the past? Does the environment welcome more conversation at this point? Where I'm at is a more comfortable environment anyway, and people are allowed to wear their hearts and minds on their sleeves a little more easier than I'm used to. But maybe I'm just jaded and full of old school misinformation and questionable knowledge. What do you think? Should I be open to conversation? Maybe I can provide some insight or uplift to somebody who needs it. Maybe I'm looked at as a mentor or somebody who could help in the long run and I'm turning my backs on them and ruining my chance to develop stronger relationships. I've been to church more times than I can count. And there's always somebody who's visiting that gets invited by one of their coworkers. Does that happen right away? Does that happen after years of trust? Does that happen with somebody in the outreach ministry? Am I shortchanging myself? Maybe that was a topic for the early career man, Chris. But now journeyman Chris is smart and resourceful enough to discuss reasonably? I don't know. I think I probably could. I honestly feel like I'm just holding on to something that I might not need to anymore. I don't know if I'm ready to just dive into everything, but maybe I can be a little smarter about it. How long should one stay jaded anyway? These are all questions that I wonder about dealing with these. 
similar to some people's views of race, religion, and politics, it might not be that deep and I need to chill. But maybe not. Maybe I should stand tall. Maybe I should stand firm. Maybe I should stand silently and just keep my head on swivel. It does kind of make me wonder if I need to be more trusting, more open, or maybe I just stay put. Perhaps I go on the offensive and be more judgmental. Maybe I'd be the person that I think that they are to me. Maybe I'm just overthinking and I should just tell them that I'm praying for them at the altar and I'm hoping that Monty Brewster will win the election and give all the black people reparations. (laughs) And then we'll still see who wants to talk about race, religion, and politics. And then from there, I'll talk about redlining and gerrymandering and going to my old location where uh, all the volunteers were gay or going to the new location at the white church and I'm the black voter and uh, see where everybody fits in on their views then. Maybe I should just mix it up and just start playing chess with people and mess with their minds and see how they feel about me. Or maybe I should just keep it moving, keep it light, and uh, focus on things that add value while I'm at work. Because my race, religion, and politics don't add any value, except for me being super cool and awesome. But other than that, just take me for who I am. Don't worry about what the hell I'm voting for. With a smile, of course. I'd really love to hear your views on it, though, and I'd really like to hear uh, how you handle things like this. Um, Hit me up on IG at WDIPSHOW, Where Did I Park Show, or uh, that same address, WDIPSHOW at gmail.com, and let me know how you handle things. I want to hear from you. So while I'm waiting on you, let's go ahead and get to some uplift. So there's an old saying about when you're going downhill, don't watch, don't look out for the rock because you'll hit it. Just enjoy yourself. Enjoy the ride. Don't look for trouble. When trouble comes, just use the maneuvers that you know how to do and avoid them. So whether that's talking about race, religion, or politics, or whether there's other things in your life that are going on that are more serious, especially at the job, just focus on you and don't sit there and seek out the rocks because you'll bump into them. I think I heard uh, somebody say not too long ago that commitment lasts longer in community anyway. So if you're having trouble about figuring out how to fit in, give people around you a chance, one chance at least, and then figure out where you stand from there. There's nothing wrong with saying you tried or there's nothing wrong with saying you were who you were. You were authentic and something just didn't work out. But beware of your surroundings. You can't sit on the dunk tank and volunteer and expect to stay dry. Somebody's always going to be coming for you. Just be prepared, be ready, be motivated, and be mindful. The rest will set in order. Life comes at you fast. I'm just trying to keep up with yesterday. But I'll be back soon to unload some more of the good, bad, and ugly. And I hope you'll join me again. Because once I get out of these voting booths, and turn off all these notifications for all these silly commercials. I'm definitely going to need some help trying to find out where did I park, 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 park. And of course, I don't know where I parked because they moved my precinct to a different voting booth. All right, bye.